0: Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, on today's episode I am in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm here at PR Plus, um, really exciting. So I have a guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: This is Alyssa Kelly. I own PR Plus. I'm Vegas native, and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for meeting me. This yeah. is really fun. What is PR Plus, exactly? So PR Plus is a boutique PR agency. Um, it was actually the first PR agency in Las Vegas oh. that survived without an ad component to it. So back in the day, a lot of people kind of added PR on a little bit to like an advertising agency. Mm-hmm um and my business my ex-business partner when she founded the company in 1991 she saw a need for just strictly PR like we don't want to do any advertising buys or anything like that mm-hmm. we really just want the nitty-gritty like grassroots style style PR and her first client was the Hard Rock Hotel and they would hire her to like set up the celebrity autograph sessions and promote that to people and get people to come in um it was actually the cafe at the time the hotel wasn't there um, but it was owned by Peter Morton, and she would get the bands to come over and sign autographs. And that's how kind of PR Plus Fun. got its start. <laughs> Fun. So you guys do restaurant
0: PR, entertainment PR, um, red carpet, basically yeah. everything. Media we do.
1: Yep. And we handle within our, our client base... We always say, if it's fun, we'll do it. If it's not fun, we don't want to do it. <laughs> um, but we don't. We have um, occasionally taken on a client outside of it, but mostly it's entertainment, food and beverage, hospitality. We do a lot of charitable, which we love to do, mm-hmm. like with our, our nonprofits. Um, so it's just the stuff that we have passion for, because cool. that's probably the the biggest thing you have to have when you're going into PR is a passion, yeah, for what you're doing.
0: What's it like to do PR in Las Vegas, being such an entertainment based city?
1: It's the best. Like I can't even, I have friends who move to other markets and I'm like, I can't fathom how you even do your job there. (laughs) It's like crazy. There's so much to do here. There's always something to talk about. There's always someone who needs you to talk about them, Mm -hmm. right? I feel bad when people open something and they don't really realize the power of PR in this market because there is so much going on. Yeah. If you're not constantly talking to writers and to producers and constantly pitching them on, on ideas you may not get in front of them you know yeah. it's it's very few and far between not saying that you have to have pr because there are people out there who get coverage on their own but it's very hard there's a lot happening in this city but on the it's on the positive side there's so much happening in this city right. and there's so many everybody's so open to collaborating and Um, Like I just was emailing with the Golden Knights, our hockey team, Mm -hmm. and we're collaborating on um, doing some creative videos with one of our clients to, you know, play during game time and stuff that are going to be super fun. So there's a there's so much in the city, even uh, that you wouldn't think kind of meshes together that you can be creative and do things with. I mean, we got to do a royal wedding viewing party. One of my clients let us take (laughs) over and at freaking three in the morning. (laughs) We threw a viewing party, and I was like, "Look, it's going to be early in the morning. Nobody wants to dress up, so I made it a pajama party." And cool. we had tea service, and we had um, <laughs> shortbread cookies, and we had flags. Actually, there's one right up there. Oh my god! Of uh, oh Megan and Harry. Pictures on it. Yes, with their photo. And like people showed up, and we got so much coverage. We got some national coverage. Like it was super cool, wow. and that was. Us coming up with an idea with the county clerk, Lynn Goya, who, you know, she's the one who signs your marriage licenses and stuff and (laughs) handles that. And we're like, we're the wedding capital of the world. We're getting in on this yeah. action. You My know? parents
0: got married here, so definitely. See?
1: <laughs> it's our, the, we do a lot with the wedding industry here, and that's, like, one of the pieces where, like, who would have thought? Like, we did the viewing party at Topgolf and took advantage of, like, our huge screens that we wow. have there. And so we were able to mix in, like, four different clients in one event, yeah. and it was so fun. Wow. Yeah. Crazy wow. day, but it was awesome. So how do you know <laughs> when you reach a client goal? So it's hard because every client has, they kind of come to you and say, okay, hey, I want more people to come into my restaurant or I want, you know, um, more coverage on X, Y, and Z. And so you kind of take those goals, but as you're going through your PR plan, it's very much like a blueprint that can be changed. So it can take different directions. You may start getting your client press in the area they thought they wanted and you're like, wow, this isn't moving the needle at all. What if we went this approach? And you may find a super like something niche that you're like, oh my gosh, we hit something really great here, right? So at the end of the day, you want a client to come back to you and say like, that was an amazing run or that was an amazing year. Um, We just ended the Halloween time, right? And we handle Freakling Brothers. And this year, we got them such a large amount of press. They were slammed every day. They were so busy. They barely could like respond to emails. (laughs) So at the end it was like oh now that we have a chance to breathe like this was awesome high fives all around like they were super 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 happy and that just comes from honing in on like what is it that's gonna move the needle for them and mm-hmm. like what do they need versus what you think in the beginning like it it 99% of the time is different and i think that's a lot of the skills that you need to have when you're in pr is the ability to really adjust Look, there's some agencies that are like super, we only do traditional PR and they won't go outside of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas we look at ourselves as an extension of the marketing team. So if a client comes to me and says, Oh, I want to do some community outreach. Yeah. It's not traditional PR, but but I'm still, it matters. Right. And it makes a big difference. And I can utilize said community relations to get some traditional PR mixed in there. Um, so It all has to work together and be cohesive. Mm -hmm. And we've probably maybe taken on in the past 10 years probably about six clients that came from another agency because the other agency wouldn't do an event or wouldn't do community relations or what have you. Sometimes we worked alongside them, which is really silly, but um, we try to be that kind of all-around marketing. Our clients send us billboards all the time to look at, and we give feedback because they're so... Just as we all would be a better company. You're so involved day to day with what you did to get to a certain point. Mm -hmm. You've seen it so many times. You may show it to me and I go, hey, your logo is not even on there. (laughs) Like (laughs) you need an outside person to like give feedback. Yeah. You know, or say, hey, somebody's going to be driving down the street. They don't have time to look at a billboard and read four lines of copy. Mm -hmm. Nobody's seeing it. Put your website, you know, and no, you don't need to say www, (laughs) like little things like that. So, you know, you just, you learn as you go on a lot of these things and take that, um, what you've learned into the next client. And, Mm -hmm. uh, everything's constant feedback. Always, always, always talking to the client. It's funny how many people in communications don't communicate. And it's like that your client should be hearing from you every day, if not every other day, Mm -hmm. regardless of what level they're on, clients will do things and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you. (laughs) You know, we have this, this going on. And you're like, wait, what? We could utilize that for press. And they're like, yeah, we didn't really think about it that way. So So they need to be telling you everything. They have to tell you every, I want to know everything you're doing. I don't want to turn on TV and see something run about you because you didn't think it was newsworthy and all and of a sudden is. somebody picked it up somewhere. And you could well, have, we made could have it controlled bigger. the message, made it bigger, yeah. gotten a better impact, just overall been, you know, ran it a little bit more um, efficiently, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll say. So you take the local clients? So with PR and our approach on it we like to have something that we can actually show and improve a client's results. So when we're talking some of our bigger name clients or something that may be a little bit easier to pitch great, but we like these like more mom and pop shop type of like unknown clients, or they may be known in another, another market mm-hmm. that we can take and just explode with them. And really like we took, we have a BMX writer who we took years ago and, um, who was doing a special course at one of our client's music events. And we thought, oh, this would be fun. It's a great visual to use for PR. Well, he was super charming and endearing, and the media started just like really liking him. So we took advantage of that and just grew his brand so big, like people looked and go, oh, he's not even competing anymore, but he's getting all this (laughs) press for years. Ended up with a show on MTV Tres, like, and all of that kind of helped him land all those pieces. So it's really interesting now to look back, and now he like goes and builds ramps. He does a lot of like appearance, special appearances, and things mm-hmm. like that. And we still work with him, but that came from literally nothing. It was like this kid who rode bikes who was going to do this ramp, and we were like, okay, let's utilize this because it's a great visual, mm-hmm. right? Because you're always thinking, what does the media want to see? Story. You're trying to think about media. Yeah. Um, And it just kind of started from there. So with that, it's like you could see a turn. You could see all of a sudden he was in demand. People wanted him to appear places. They want him on their red carpets. Like we created a lifestyle brand from him. And so I like taking something like that or a small restaurant or something that people may not have known about and really educating everybody. Like, would we love to work with Celine Dion? Of course, but guess what? Celine Dion doesn't really even do a lot of press. People just write about her because she's Celine Dion, Dion. right? (laughs) So you kind of hope occasionally you have some of those, but um, for the most part, it's like, how can we make a difference? How can the client at the end of the day um, say this was an amazing run?
0: Well, so coming into Las Vegas, there are so many billboards like everywhere, and there are so many different types of companies and restaurants and businesses and shows. How do you make your
1: client stand
0: out?
1: It's interesting. It, first of all, on an on aside from like seeing all those billboards, we always say with a client like if they're going to do a traditional advertising campaign, you can't just do a billboard. You can't just do you know a magazine, whatever. Mm-hmm. For that reason, right? Somebody needs to. See your billboard, maybe not think about it. Later on, they're in your, their hotel room. They pick up a magazine. They read about you. They then see in-house in the casino that you're at a little ad for your, your show. You need that repetition. So mm-hmm. that's why it's really important that it all works together. And that's why we like gotcha. to be a extension of the marketing team. Because... All those pieces, we need to know all those pieces. And we might even be able to, if you're advertising somewhere, it's like, what added value did you get for that? You should be asking for some additional articles or you know, to be involved in an event that they're having, right? Mm-hmm. All these pieces kind of work together. Um, they have to. Otherwise, it's like you get lost in the shuffle. But we also try to really take our clients and do some creative things. The, the interesting thing, especially if you have a client on the strip, you know, you're not just trying to reach the tourist market because that's great. There are obviously millions of them there every year, but you also have locals who are enjoying it. But you think of all the people who are working at a hotel. Those aren't tourists. The valet driver, the concierge desk, the maids, like everybody, everybody. Who, who's at the hotel is a local. You've got people stopping them all the time. Like, hey, have you seen this show? I'm really curious, you know? So it's like essentially like those become our influencers, yeah. right? Those are like our word of mouth people that are out there legit next to all the tourists like I want them to know about Mm -hmm. you know you so we do um, a lot of like programs with the concierge in town making sure if it's a new show that they've seen it so that they can talk about it educated you know um, in an educated manner that if we have a new restaurant that they get to come try the food like we try to do as much of that as we can within Mm -hmm. the hotels and then we're also still hitting the locals because they're going and they're telling they always have friends coming into town it's Vegas everybody wants to come to Vegas Um, so all those pieces work together, but it's really, if you can be a little bit more creative, right. There's certain things you're going to do that are, Hey, if you're, you're launching a show, there's some cut and dry pieces that you can do to launch it. Right. Um, but you can also use that level of creativity once you've kind of passed that newness and it's like, Oh, we still need to sell tickets to the show. Even though, you know, we've been open a few months now, what can we do to continue the cycle? And that's kind of where you work with your client to really get involved with, you know, how can we get involved with the community? How can we um, do a certain promotion? Maybe it's a radio promotion. So you're just kind of always looking for opportunity. Or if you hear of something happening, how can I get my client involved in that event? Whether it's let's have them perform at the start of a 5K, you know, it could be anything. So it's like you're always trying to, like, get them in front of some form of audience. Mm -hmm.
0: So, what are some of your favorite tactics to use? Let's talk, how about, do you have any specific clients that you've had something really exciting happen for? All the
1: time. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my favorite thing that I've been working on for the last like year and a half, um, which kind of ties in all pieces of PR and marketing together. Um, we represent Carlos Santana's show here at House of Blues. Okay. And, um, it's interesting because he's very, very, like, giving. And so he's here for these different, we call them pods shows. So he may have, like, you know, 10 shows in a run or something. And then mm-hmm. he'll either go to, to on tour or he's recording or whatever. Um, so we were approaching in 2017 was his fifth anniversary at the venue. So... I was like, okay, let me research and try to come up with some creative ideas. of something fun we can do to, like, commemorate the time. So, the traditional fifth wedding anniversary was wood. So, I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll work on, like, with a woodworker or something and get, like, a cool sculpture. Okay. Right? That's how it started. So, then... I saw that Habitat for Humanity had just announced that they were doing this new project in the Pittman community in Henderson. And so it was the first time Habitat was building more than one house at a time. They are building, like, a full community, which mm-hmm. was the coolest thing ever, right? So I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. And I was like, Carlos would love that, right? Because he's all about, about giving. Like, giving and spirituality and just being good people, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, what if we, what if we made five benches So we'd make, we'd work with the woodworker Mm -hmm. and it'd get some attention for a local, you know, person and we'll work with a local artist and they can collaborate on these and create one for every year of the anniversary. So I've got my wood element in there and they'll be themed after Carlos. And I'm like, we can do these unveilings and all this. And so. Habitat loved the idea of, you know, we'll do these benches, and then when they're all done, they will sit within this community so the neighbors can come out and literally sit next to each other and chat and get to know each other. It was just such a cool idea, and so that came to fruition last September. We um, unveiled the Love Bench was the first one, and so that's actually sitting right now in front of the House of Blues uh, right next to the box office, so people sit on it all the time, which is awesome. awesome. And then the second one um, is music. And the artist did some really cool pieces to it, but they created um, out of shaped wood on the side of it. So you can set your iPod in it and it amplifies it like a speaker. That's So awesome. we've got our music element and super, super cool. That one's at Carlos's office right now. And then we just unveiled the third bench, which was the peace bench, which has um, the word peace and all different um different languages, um, for lack of a better term. It's Mm -hmm. very cool. We just unveiled that at the city of Henderson City Hall, and so it will be on display there. Um, So we have two more to go, um, and next year the community will be um, getting ready to be complete, and so Mm -hmm. we'll put it in there. But what that did was that sparked not only such cool visuals, right, for media, but Um, I was able to kind of turn those into kind of unveiling events each time and we've done something special around each one and now we're going to be working with an outlet to do the making of the final one so they'll follow it from like conception to like each piece being built so it's like it was such a bigger picture and then along the way like the house of blue staff went out and helped build one of the houses for habitat and so There was a financial donation that they did from some of the shows from um, the Milagro Foundation, which is Carlos Santana's um, foundation, and then also from the House Blues Foundation. So there was fundraising involved. It hit, like, every nail on the head, and it's been such a fun project to watch. Along the way, the local artists and the woodworker have gotten a lot of press from it, which is really cool to kind of help them. So that's been, like, probably the coolest project of late that I've worked on of Mm -hmm. that scope. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also saw um Terry Fader, right? Yeah. I love him, first of all. I seen him. I saw him a few Amazing. years ago. And so what what is
1: that? What do you guys do for that? So Terry is fun because Terry's one of the clients I mentioned that this was whew. It would have been nine years ago. He was approaching his one um his first anniversary at Mirage. Uh-huh. I almost said one year. That's so horrible. Um his first anniversary at the Mirage and he had an agency that wouldn't do events. So they had us come on board to do the event, and we were like, okay, so we were doing like a red carpet event, because yeah. we do everything here, and um, doing the red carpet event, and then they said, we'll just do the PR with it too, since you're already handling that. And then they liked us so much that they, they just, just kept, kept us on, on, which was really cool. So we have worked with him for um, nine years, a little bit of off time at some point in there in the beginning, but for the most part, for nine years, he's amazing. Um, but for him, it's about can cont- talk about like continuing branding and being creative in that he is such a creative person and gives us such great content because the show is always changing. So every year for his anniversary, he creates a new character. And so we get to do a huge press push around that and unveiling of the character and kind of one year we did, um, a making of it where one magazine got to be the exclusive partner to see it first we'll sometimes do it with tv so right now his this friday starts his um holiday show so next week we have three days where we're just like boom 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 mm-hmm. doing holiday press so we'll go do tv we'll go do radio and promote the holiday show which has a new character as well Yay. um which will be cool i have not seen him yet but i hear he's like really cool um so that's one that's just like amazing and like Terry and his team are amazing and he's so fun and creative and I could be like hey I need a shout out video of whatever for this thing and he's like sure no problem we'll get it calendared and they'll do it like he's one of the easiest people to work with he's just like one of my favorites ever you don't always get that with entertainers and he's just beyond amazing and humble and grateful and you know I mean, look, he plays video games before he goes on stage. <laughs> like he's, he's fun. <laughs> and I love the characters. I love. He's so so talented, and so many new characters and so many new skits and stuff. Since she would have lasted, I mean, he changes the show up, you know, a couple times yeah. a year. And I have a always new jokes. sister, so she would like. Oh yeah, freaking love it. And the kids love like. There's content that's more adult, but it's one of those things that like. The kids are like, Oh, everybody's laughing. That's funny too. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they do don't that, know what they're laughing at. They do that
0: at. in like Disney movies and Oh yeah. I've I've watched some of them from my childhood and I'm like, Wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did oh my they gosh. throw in there? <laughs> like That
1: doesn't seem right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean they gotta they have to like reach out to different audiences in that way and they do it creatively.
1: Which well, just fun and like with him it's like all about the characters. Like what would that character say? What does that character do? Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a stoner character, so it's like that stoner character. That's yeah. Everything's about marijuana in that section. And now that we're legal here, like you know, there's jokes in there about uh-huh. that, and um, you know. But the younger kids, they don't really know. Yeah. But the adults think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh,
0: there's this. Have you heard of the zombie um, burlesque?
1: Yes, I have not seen it, but I heard it's fun. You have to
0: go see it. I We've hear it's seen fun. it two times because we loved it so much. Cute. So the first time we went, it was just like my parents and I, and then the second time we took my grandparents, and they were like, "What is happening?" What yeah. is? such a good it was a good story I at first I was kind of like like creeped out a little bit yeah. by it and we were in the second row and the oh guy the guy afterwards he was like he because they did a meet and greet he was like you I, I could not look at you because I was gonna laugh because of your face because I was like what is happening and he's like I literally could not look at you the entire time so that was really cool how funny it's really I think something I love about Vegas is that there's just so much to do and Always. a lot, like, I mean, it's just, you can literally go anywhere and there's something for you to do.
1: Oh, and there's so much free stuff. So, like, if you live here and you get off, you know, you're not on the strip. It's, like, almost every casino has, like, free live entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's literally something to do well, every even, second like, of the day. even, like, street entertainment. Yeah. Like, oh. well. <laughs> it's good, that situation's getting a little scary. Is like, it Really? For me, I don't really enjoy it. Like, I'll go downtown to go to, like, Fremont Street East uh-huh. or, like, Ferguson's or something cool like that. But if you go under the canopy, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Like, what's going on in our city? Like, it's gotten a little out of hand really? with, like, the, I think they're called buskers. Like, the people in, like, dress like Spider-Man or whatever. Oh, and, like oh. All of that stuff. I'm like, this is just gross and not not what I want for our city. A
0: few years ago, there were these guys that were dressed just like that little picture right there.
1: Fake Chippendales? mm hmm
0: And the one of them stopped me and my friend, and he was like, hey, blah, 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 like he wanted (sighs) to talk to me, and I was just like, you know, hey, whatever, and I, he's like, like gave me a hug and stuff, and then he's like, hey, do you want to take a picture? And I was like, I mean, sure, and so we took a picture, and he's like, "All right, twenty bucks." I, money. And I yeah. said, "No." I was like, "I did not approach you." <laughs> so, uh, uh-uh. get it,
1: yep. get it together, because that's not how it works. They like hustle. I they do. I'm like, Go away! Don't even come next to me. Yeah. Yikes! Gross. Yikes.
0: So, what does your team look like? Like, how are how does it work? Do you guys have different clients in your
1: each other? Like how the structure yeah. is. Everybody's set up a little bit differently in terms of like agencies. So here we're definitely more um, loose with our structure, I suppose you can say. Um, There's just eight of us, and that Mm -hmm. includes myself. Um, Almost everybody, six of the eight of us are are senior level people. And then we have two associate account executives. Um, And so everybody's set up by kind of what they're best at. Mm -hmm. So when we have a new client come on board, we look at it and say, okay, who's strongest in that area or who will be super excited? Like we're starting with Dope, which is an edible cookie dough um, brand out of San Francisco okay. with the coolest owner. Kelsey is like amazing what she's done with this brand. It's a cool, cool, cool concept. She knows her market so well. It's hits a millennial crowd. There's the, I've seen the renderings for the building. It's going to be super cool. There's lots of fun photo ops. There's, it's like... Willy Wonka came to life and did edible cookie dough. Like, it's so cool. Um, So, like, she's coming into town, and I'm like, okay, I've got my food and beverage side of the team, but then I've also got a staff member who's a millennial and, like, Mm -hmm. way into that stuff and super stoked about it. And so that's really what you want is that passion in somebody. And so you never want to kind of connect a client with somebody who you're like, oh, they might not love them as much as I do or as much as so-and-so would. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of our picking and choosing on who's going to go on account based on who's really going to embrace it. Sure. Because everybody here has the skills. Once you have the base skills of PR Mm -hmm. and you know all your media, it's really just how you're applying it to everything and Mm -hmm. how you're using your creativity. And so you do want you know, everybody to kind of be passionate about what they're yeah, working with. Definitely. So our sh- we don't necessarily have a structure. I oversee um, every client from a strategy standpoint. So like I'll meet with some of my staff members and sit down with them and say, okay, like what's going on with this client? Why don't we do this, this, and this? Or yeah. if somebody's got an opening, let's work backwards. Like we're um, launching in December Global Winter Wonderland, which is this huge spectacular lantern festival in holiday village. So it's kind of like a newer um, holiday event, which it's been a while since we've had something this big and this new in this market, but it's like one of the biggest Chinese lantern festivals outside of China. So you get to travel the world in one night, essentially for all seven continents are represented. There's huge ball pits in a play area. There's carnival rides, there's food from all over different countries. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to be really, really cool, but we're working on kind of what our media slash VIP night will be with a moment of like, instead of a ribbon cutting, like what else can we do to say like, Hey, you know, flip the switch, the lights come on, like we're open, come on in. So, um, you know, I'll work on a strategy portion with that. And then another person on the team will kind of take it and run with it and create the invite list. And, you know, all the backwards, but yeah. we, we pretty much here will, everybody will handle everything soup to nuts. Like nobody says like, Oh, that's not my job. Have somebody mm-hmm. else do it. It's like, okay, this is what I need to We're get it. It's done in. for the client. Do it. Yeah. So
0: on your website, um, you guys talk about brand reputation. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's really important. How do you make sure that every brand reputation is up to par? How do you, do you work on the development of their
1: not so much. How I look at it, we we can push out and pitch a client and create whatever persona they want out to the public, right? Mm-hmm. We can handle that part. It is up to them to deliver. Okay. So we do a lot of visiting our clients a lot when they don't know that we're coming, so we can give feedback if yeah. we had bad service at a restaurant, if, um, you know, we... When it wasn't a client, but we went to like a friends and family night the other night. And your purpose of being there is to give them feedback, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, my main dish, it was room temperature. I asked the busboy something on the menu and he didn't know. And I wasn't asking a specific question about an item. It was about a section. Like if oh, if yes. it was non-alcoholic, like he should know that, right? Yeah. Or he should say, I'll find out from,
0: from um, the waiter and know. I'll get
1: right back to you. It was, oh, I don't know, but your waiter will know. You know, that's bad customer service in my eyes. So it's like sometimes you're there to kind of give that feedback and make sure that they're maintaining the quality that you're promoting out. Mm -hmm. Like it all has to match. You don't want to promote something out and then have somebody go, yeah, so you told me this (laughs) and I went in there and I had this experience, right? So a lot of it is just keeping that communication open, making sure that you're communicating with your client, that you know when things are different, right? Um, you could be pitching out a menu, and if there was a menu change and nobody told you, you're like, hey, I landed a piece on the squash blossoms, and they're like, oh, yeah, we took those off the menu two weeks ago. Yeah, you need to know everything. You know, exactly. you need to know everything, but you also have some responsibility to be there and, you know, see what your client's doing in mm-hmm. person.
0: Yeah. Okay, one last question. Yeah. Um. So we were talking a little earlier before we started about your relationship with the Imagine Dragons and how that kind yeah. of went full cycle. Can you talk about that again?
1: Yeah. So Imagine Dragons, I used to represent a couple smaller local bands, and um, one of them I even managed back in the day. I was done with the managing thing, but I like to do PR. Um, This kind of goes back, we may have been talking before, about um, taking a client who may be less known and kind of blowing them up bigger. And so um, I had known some members of the Reynolds family. There's like seven boys and a girl. It's like ridiculous. Um, we had gone to high school together. And so, um, I had heard that one of them had started a band (laughs) and they were in this competition to be like the opener on the local stage for a little music festival we had here. And so we went and we saw them do their, their contest (laughs) and it was at house of blues and, um, they won that portion of it. And I was like, wow, these kids are like really talented. Like right away the music sounded amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I'm like, okay, let's go to... It was Bite of Las Vegas, Mix 94.1's Music Festival and Food Festival. So we went and watched them there. And I was like, yeah, like, I want to work with these kids. And so um, I had chatted with their manager, said, let's set up an actual meeting and and whatnot. And little did I know that night I had left and um, the lead singer Train got sick. And they ended up on the main stage because they were, I think one of the only bands that was fully left to kind of be a headliner, they ended up killing it. And so that was the first piece of press I ever pitched on them was after that night, before we even had our first meeting Mm -hmm. and kind of our local gossip column at the, at the time it was, his name was Norm Clark. And I pitched to him like, Hey, there's this up and coming band, you know, and they got this chance last night and they killed it on stage and it was amazing. And that was kind of the first piece of press. So for years, I worked with them as they kind of developed themselves and their sound and, um, you know, recorded additional music and watched their fan base grow. And then they eventually started touring in little markets like outside and they'd go to LA a couple times, you know, every yeah. however many months. So we just started like promoting and pitching as they were doing those pieces. And just, I mean, the coverage I was able to get on them was amazing because people would hear them and just fall in love. And, you know, you had a band where you take them to a venue and they're like, oh, it's a local band and they're so particular about their sound and all that. and I'm like, yeah, they take a long time to sound check yeah, because they, they know care. what they're doing and they care and the music's amazing and like everybody just kind of fell in love with them and you could just tell there was something so special there. So I worked with them until, um, they got signed and then, um, the record label kind of takes over because sure. it's a whole, that's a whole, that whole nother monkey on that side. <laughs> It's a whole another beast to tame, um, and so I worked with them until that point. But they just did um, the new albums called Origins, and so they came back to their origins. This is my award, actually. I know. Up there. Oh, it's so it's pretty, so cute, right? Yes. Um, I had no idea. So we were watching the show, and then all of a sudden, they were like called me out, and you know, a f- quite a few of us who, funny enough, we all know each other, and mm-hmm. we're all kind of sitting near each other, which was weird because we didn't know until somebody turned around. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were sitting up there. I didn't know you were sitting in front of me. So it was really cool to kind of get, you know, recognized. And, you know, the marketing person to me is like, well... It was like a marketing, you know, it was a marketing tool. They were naming the album. This was a cool thing. Come back to your hometown. Acknowledge some people. But in the big picture, it was cool, right? So, like, if you can just look at it like a normal person, like, it was pretty rad. (laughs) And appreciated. Thank you, Magic Dragons.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I I really loved hearing from you.
1: Do you want me to just tell you a couple more stories? Sure, yeah. So you can use them as, as needed? Yeah. So there's a couple things. So... One of the things that um, I think is important in terms of like tactics and being creative and things like that is you have to look really from a media side. So anytime that we're approaching a client with an event, it's kind of like, how do we get the media excited? What point are we trying to make and what's the visual that we can mm-hmm. give them? Because that's a really big you know, piece of it. So we had a client, um, this is one of our clients, that's outside of our normal realm because they're a construction company. Hmm. But they allow us a budget to be a little creative, right? And we're not talking huge budgets. So it's like, how can we be creative on it's this with level? This budget. So one of their properties that they were launching is a, a smaller hotel property. And it's over by where they're building the, um, the Raiders are moving to Vegas. Oh, and it's like yeah. their practice facility out in Henderson. And so what we did is, instead of doing like, here's a shovel it in the ground for a groundbreaking, we actually created a bedroom. <laughs> so, we had a staging coming company come out. We put a bed. We put two side tables, some lamps. We had great signage. They were doing um, construction work behind it, so the visual was really cool. We got Raiders bedding, right, because we wanted to promote the fact that, like, the Raider stadium, uh-huh. the practice facility, I should say, is right up the street, so... As these players have family come into town to visit them and stuff, and they're going to want to be close to the practice facility, right? It was a great visual. So we get to do some fun things like that and be creative, and that's much better than, hey, we're having a groundbreaking, and we've got some people speaking in a shuttle, right? It was like, oh. So that ended up, like, super, super cool. Um, That was one of, like, my favorite things on being creative. And then... The other thing that I wanted to tell you was like, not forgetting who the client is. And so when you are working in this industry, sometimes you can lose sight, especially with how how we're structured in Vegas. It's not like, say you represent a show on the strip, like with Terry Fader. Mm -hmm. I can't just show up to Terry's with some media and be like, hey, we're here doing our job, right? Not only do I have to inform all of Terry's team of what's happening and step-by-step and give them call sheets and all that good stuff, I need to let the hotel know, hey, I'm going to have media on property, so mm-hmm. you're going to see a cameraman. This is where we're filming. This is what time. This is what we're doing. We won't be you know, filming outside of um, the dressing room, We won't, whatever these kind of situations are. But within that, you have to remember like your sole piece of what you're protecting and what you're working towards is your client. And so you may get requests from people that are, hey, I need you to, you know, you don't have permission to do this or whatever. Those are things you have to fight for and speak up. And I think that's a big piece of PR that a lot of people, you know, don't know or aren't comfortable with doing even after many, many years. But it's like at the end of the day, you're responsible for whatever shows up on that TV screen, whatever shows up in print the next day. You know, you have an air of responsibility about that. And like, you only have yourself to blame if you get through that, and you're like, oh, wow, we never, ever talked about X, Y, and Z, because I forgot to remind them that they should bring that up, or I yeah. didn't speak up and tell the producer, like, hey, we have one more thing to add to that. So we do that a lot with our clients, and um, we do some basic, like, media training with them, okay? because it's like, look, you have three minutes, say, on a TV segment. That's your three minutes. Mm-hmm. Believe me, the TV station wants it to be exciting, engaging. They want... Their audience to watch it and be like, whoa, I just learned something. I want to see more from that person, right? So that when I'm pitching you again three months down the line for they're like, topic. They're yes, like, yes, Yeah, they're <laughs> like, yes, have that person come on. Versus like, oh, last time they were on, they just sat there waiting for us to ask questions, right? It's got to be a little give and take. And it's a science, mm-hmm. you know? Not everybody can do it. Um, God knows. I like being behind the scenes. <laughs> when I do have to be on TV, I'm like, ah, Um, I had a spokesperson who wasn't able to make it to uh, Santana, the third bench unveiling for Uh Santana and who had to go up to the podium and speak. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh man. So I'm like getting everybody ready, making sure everybody has what they need, covering the bench, doing all this stuff. And then I'm like, wait, what am I going to say? But you know, that's a whole nother piece to PR if you're going to be a spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So lots of different areas for you guys to dive into Mm -hmm. and kind of figure out what your passion is and, you know, just make sure you do a little of all of it. You yeah. never know till you try, right? Like, could hit something and be like, wow. that was Like, I love production when we get to do filmings. It's like, I love to do filmings. So yeah. anytime there's a filming, it's like, I will get all that paperwork done, those location agreements. This. Yeah. <laughs> I like the process of doing a big filming. And then yeah. you get to see it when it runs. And, you're and like, then you're like, yes, I did this. Yes. I was part of this. Yeah. You're like, heck
0: yeah, that was cool. I think it's something that... Inspires me is that a lot of the professionals that I learned from back home say a lot of the same things that you do, and so it's really cool that even though in Grand Rapids we don't have as much of an entertainment scene, but a lot of this is all the same, and this is just bigger
1: scale. And when you're doing it right, you're doing it right. And the base of it is like it's like it would be in any job, right? Mm -hmm. Like. When you think about it, and I stress to people, like, this is a career, right? So you really have to love it. I, I can hire whoever to come in and do some paperwork or to pitch a story or whatever and leave. I want people who are passionate, and this is their career, and they yeah. want to do something bigger and better because they think it'll be cool, and they find these unique angles. And, and they get excited about and it. And they get excited. Like, I I get sometimes stuck in a thing, and, and it's pretty bad, and I try to be better about it with my employees of, like, Recognition, Because I'm like, yes, you're doing your job and you're doing a great job. That's what I expect you to do. But tell me something cool. Like we had a, a charitable client one time who did a PSA um, style interview, right? They're like the hour long shows that you think nobody's listening at six o'clock in the morning on some off station. And a big corporation reached out to them and had like was like we want to make this donation for you, and it was like a ten thousand dollar donation. Oh my gosh! That it was out of the blue, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, we heard you talking about you needing this money for this certain section. We want to give it to you." And it was like it was it was right before Christmas last year, and we were just like, "Oh my gosh, we don't even need Christmas anymore!" Like that's amazing, <laughs> right? It's like. How are we benefiting from that? Like, our client's so stoked. Somebody heard them on this yeah. little interview and they probably didn't want to do. You know, you just you don't know who's listening. There's other stations that, like, have lower viewership. But it's like, if you had a line that day of people who came in and said that they saw you on TV that morning, that's a win. And then we can learn from that, like, hey, that was really good for retail. Those people watching at that time, they're shopping that day. Yeah. So what other retail clients can we put on? Or, like, you know, you it's just... To a and sometimes it's annoying, but you're constantly thinking that way. And eventually you'll get to a point where you are reading a magazine and you're like, oh my God, some publicist is going to be so mad at this. (laughs) And my husband (laughs) will be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, they said, you know, X, Y, and Z, that publicist is probably freaking out right now because I'm sure they didn't want that out yet or, you know, whatever the case is. So
0: I always find myself, like, I used to hate commercials. I used to hate reading just about different companies. And now I'm like... I'm just looking at and it everything. all hard. Yeah, and everything. I just
1: analyze everything totally just because I love it. So It's awesome. It is. And sometimes you look at things and you're like, how many people approved this? How oh this, like how is there a spelling error on this ad? Yeah. At least 50 people probably looked at this before it went out. Mm-hmm. Or a lot it's of the the crises that happen and you're like, how the heck did this get through everyone? Yeah. Yeah. And crisis communication, that's a whole another monster, knock yeah. on wood. Um that we don't have... I I had a client call me yesterday and she was like, hey, just a heads up. And like your heart sinks (laughs) and she's like, channel three is on their way down. And then it sinks again and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And then all of a sudden she was talking about somebody choking and I was like, wait, what's going on? Well, apparently a year ago a baby was, cho- they were at the, my client's venue eating dinner and a little baby was choking on some food. And one of our security officers who's, we do a bunch of, um, with that client, they do training with, um, American Red Cross. Yeah. And like they had had the proper training for choking and, saved and he saved <gasps> the little baby. So a year later they were doing this big award and recognizing him last night. Oh, Nobody wow. told us like, Hey, this was happening because we could have used that for press, yeah. but somehow this one press outlet found out about it and came down I was like, that's amazing yes they can film that story you know at first Mm -hmm. I go Uh okay wait did the baby fall into like the pool water and that's what happened because it could be a safety concern at that point and it was like a french fry or something and I was like oh have at it perfect let them film whatever they need to you know (laughs) you're like good but yeah the crisis calls it's like Uh uh-oh and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it but just one of the biggest pieces of getting back to media Like you'd be amazed. Well, you experienced it, right? You Mm -hmm. reached out to several people to even talk to you here on this podcast and people didn't respond. And I think that's just so rude, like to not, you don't want to leave somebody hanging, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that reflects what you do. And as a PR agency, if media reaches out to me and I don't hit them back right away and say, Hey, I don't know anything about this. Let me see what I can find out. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Right. I had, um, you can, we'll look it up and see if we can even find it when we're done here. But, um, Back in the day when I was at the Hard Rock, um, Howard Stern was in-house. He used to come and do his, his radio broadcast live for a few days every year. And um, a TV station called me and they said, Hey, we're getting reports Artie Lang is dead in the hotel. And I'm like... In the hotel? In the hotel. And I said, okay, well, I not one person has called me. Security hasn't called me or anything. So I think you're being punked. Like, But hang on. Let me find out what's going on. Don't run anything. And so I called the hotel, and I'm talking to the hotel, and they said, no, like, security's like, we don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's called. And the the red flag for me was that they had used my boss's name, and there's no way my boss knew who the local TV stations were to call, right? He just wasn't that into the position. So um, I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound right. I don't think this is correct. Like, I think it's a joke, because you know how many pranksters back in the day of Howard Stern? So I called... So I'm on the phone with security. I hear them walk up, bang on his door, whatever. I hear them open it. I hear him talk. And they said, okay, we just want to make sure everything was okay. And I believe his quote was, can I curse on this thing?
0: Yeah. I think his
1: (laughs) quote was, I feel like shit, but I'm alive. And I was like, okay, well, by the time I called the TV station back, and this was within 30 minutes because I was driving to work at the time. Mm -hmm. They ran the report that that he was found dead. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh. And the newscaster just, she just retired like a year or so ago. And that's all I can remember is that she reported him dead. So now I find myself in the crisis of, now I have to write a press release. And at the time, fax it because we didn't have like, uh-huh. you know, emails and all that stuff in this manner. And send it to all the news stations that to say that inside. he's alive. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous Because thing. they ran the story without Because the they ran the story without confirmation. And then it was like, whoever was pranking, it was a prank from whatever guy they just thought it was the most hilarious thing and so already occasionally we'll still talk about it but i'm like oh my gosh i told you guys i thought it sounded fake like the names that they were using there's Mm -hmm. no way he would have my boss never would have known the tv station he never would have known the news desk number Mm -hmm. and he never would have called and offered up info that somebody had died in the hotel so all of it was red flag and they ran with it and i'm so shocked still to this day that that happened wow yeah wow that was a fun one so you had just
0: so much experience. It's really cool.
1: It's yeah. Every day is different. And you just roll with it and you know, and my name played over there says it is what it is with a I saw that. Ex- I saw that. <laughs> bad word in there. But um it's so true. It's like you can't In this business, you can't get too upset or mad. Like, it's got to be just a fleeting moment because you have other clients to worry about and something else is going to happen right after. And you just constantly go, okay, what's the situation? All right, let's fix it and move Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. It's fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) Even when it's bad, it's fun. You know, you have a crazy weekend. You get into bed at the end of the night. The sheets feel so good. (laughs) And you're just like, yes, that was a great event. And then you still have work to do the next day. Yep. You know, the event part's always like the fun part part of just executing all your hard work that took two or three months to do. Mm -hmm. And the next day it doesn't stop. Now you've got to push post placements. If you couldn't get media out, which lately everybody's so skeleton crew, like chances of you getting media are really slim. So guess what? You hire B-roll. You edit it to where you think this is how I think they'd produce it. I want 20 seconds of this. I want 30 seconds of this. I want Mm -hmm. two minutes of different action from it. They pop together the B-roll. Nowadays, you can send a link, right? Back when I first started, we didn't have that option, so we had to wait for um, the beta tapes to be made, and then they'd have to edit them. We'd have to be in the beta bank with them all day, like editing everything. They'd make copies of the tape, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, you were driving to the news stations in the pitch dark ringing the doorbell and, saying hey like it's Alyssa from PR Plus I'm dropping off b-roll from tonight's event with a press release and now it's just instantaneous oh now you just like get that link you hit send <laughs> it's like <laughs> amazing <laughs> but even that you got to pick your method right like mm-hmm. media don't want to have to take a Dropbox and and download it before they can watch it so right. it's like I do everything on Vimeo so they can watch it and say, oh, yes, this is good. Let me download Mm -hmm. it, right? And they can watch it really quick. So every little thing is a thought process of, like, how are we going to get our biggest bang for the buck? Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. Well, thank you.
1: You're welcome. Just thank you.
0: I learned so much from you for real. Yay. Yeah. So this was fun.
1: Yeah, and keep in touch for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. Let me know if you're going to move out here. I definitely will. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GVPRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode on gvprssa.com.